The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch, now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. This is Ken McKusick here on cut down day, having just completed the 53 man roster for the Ravens at, at 4 PM. I'm talking to Jason Wilbert, a friend of the show. And uh, Jason, thanks for joining us again to have a talk about this topic. Pleasure to be here. All right. Well, let's jump right into it. The Ravens, obviously one of the most interesting cut downs in re- days in recent memory for me, largely because all of the special rules that apply to 2020 and all of the, uh, maneuverings the Ravens had available to themselves to get under some of the specific COVID rules. Very, very briefly to talk through these, 2020 has a three-week return from IR for an unlimited number of players this year. It's probably the most significant rule change of all. 
Uh, practice squad is up to 16 players. Each team can activate 48 on game day. That can include two elevations from the practice squad, but it must include eight offensive linemen. That's a very key point and a new one. Uh, the COVID designations is too complicated for this show, but they have to, uh, uh, they, they're on until medically cleared, which involves a flow chart, uh, probably is similar to what they have for the concussion protocol, uh, obviously different in this case. Uh, opt-outs uh, have already occurred, of course, and the some of that weighed heavily into, I think, uh, a Ravens decision or two on this roster, maybe not as heavily as I would have expected. Uh, and the practice squad is 16 men this year. Those are the those are five kind of key things. I've been into them before on other shows. We'll talk about them as individually as we go through players, but um, I want to make sure we got that out there at the front of this. So, uh, Jason, I'll tell you what. Why don't you take us right into this at quarterback, and we'll uh, we'll just talk position by position through these uh, players who the Ravens kept. Okay. Uh, quarterbacks, uh, the Ravens have three, Jackson, Griffin, and Masorley. Nick Sorley made it. Uh, Huntley was uh, hopefully going to make it to the practice squad. Um, most of the players that we talk about that'll make the practice squad will probably get there because of the lack of uh, uh, preseason games and teams able to closely watch each other. Yeah, that's a great point, Jason. A very sticky practice squad year, I'm expecting. And, uh, and I think we'll have just that. Uh, there are a couple of players I'm worried about. The Ravens losing uh, that they've uh, that they've cut and are, are subjecting to the waiver process. Uh, Huntley could be one of those guys, I suppose. But uh, you know, why did he sign with the Ravens if there was really a better a team out there that was going to give him a better shot? But you know, I, Miami. I think this is. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, I think this is a case where the Ravens are trying to keep all four in house because Huntley outperformed McSorley in camp. But teams might know who McSorley is a little bit better with the year, uh, the healthy year, as well as him being a draft pick. That's yeah, he had what a, I think this is, is happening here. And he had a preseason last year where he had a, a fair amount of playing time that's on, on film. And Huntley, of course, doesn't have that at the pro level. Not that that's the greatest indicator, but it's a little something. Right. So that's, uh, that's quarterbacks. Uh, running backs, no surprises. Dobbins, Ingram, Edward, and Hill. Um, Gus Edwards, small chance he may still be traded somewhere. Um, some teams are, uh, awfully thin at running back now. Um, after some, uh, surprising cuts like Adrian Peterson, for example, and Chicago's got problems, but I doubt that's going to happen. I think they're very comfortable with these four and they're going to roll with them. Yeah, I agree. I think this is just the, the three or four headed monster they really want. They, uh, Hill is entering the season, I believe with some minor kind of a tweak. So it'll probably be Dobbins, Ingram, and Hill active. Dobbins, Ingram, and Edwards, sorry, active for week one. Uh, is, it, is, is it possible Hill might be an IR guy? How, it, how injured do you have to be to go to the IR? Yeah, you don't have to be very injured. Um, I, I guess I assume the team and the player decide it, but uh, uh, if he goes, he's, he's out until week four. And uh, in his case, the Ravens might be okay with that. Uh, he is their kick returner as of the latest iteration that I've heard, but Prochet could probably do that as well uh, as return punts. So uh, not necessarily a, a permanent thing. Hill has some value in covering kicks as well. Okay. Uh, fullback, Ricard. Uh, the interesting thing here is, is that they cut 
all of the potential tight end three. Uh, they got rid of Adams. Uh, they got rid of Wolf. Uh, they got rid of Breland earlier with uh, an injury settlement. Um, Scarf. And they got rid of Scarf. So we're sitting here with just Boyle and Andrews. And Ricard, I suppose, if nothing changes, he would be the tight end three and uh, catch some some passes, uh, be active in a number of roles in the offense. But I have a feeling tight end three is not currently in house. There you go. I think you're right, and it might be one. Of, it might be one of the guys that they just cut because there there are reasons to do that. Is that they they really are ambivalent among these three. That they didn't really love any of them. They 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 certainly could go to the street for another tight end, but they could also keep Scarf. They could keep Wolf. Wolf is also another guy who might have a ding to start the season with. They could keep Adams for for a short term period here, although he may be they may be obligated to pay his entire salary if they do. So anyway, it may be that 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 a player like Scarf makes the roster um, for Week One. I think one. A tight end will be here week one, one more tight end, uh, because I do, do not believe they're going to that Browns game with, with no real option for 13 personnel in, there, in the way they would typically look at it. Now the Browns, who happen to take five tight ends and keep five tight ends on their <laughs> roster, as well as other teams like the Bears, it's interesting to see other teams and how their rosters uh, are constructed. Tight ends um, are high in some places, and perhaps because of uh, what the Ravens did last year, but also Stefanski in uh, in Cleveland really likes his tight ends, and yet the the Ravens are sitting here with two. So it's interesting how they uh, always seem to be zigging when other teams are zagging. There you go, and and there was a lot of talk this off season about uh, David Njoku being available, uh, and you know maybe at a reasonable price. He has a fairly large salary this year, a little bit over six million. So uh, may or may not. I mean, obviously, I think he's too expensive for the Ravens at this point. But the Browns have a lot invested in that position with Hooper and Njoku. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I think I, I don't know where the Ravens will get him, but I don't think they care all that much about who their third tight end is for just the start of the season. And it may well be that Wolf is their guy um, as the season rolls along. Yeah, I think it's worth noting uh, that. One of the strange rules for practice squads this year is that up to six of them can be uh, what's called practice squad veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jarrell Adams, um, if he has accrued enough time, he could still make the practice squad, even though he has four years of uh, experience, um, as well as some of the others uh, that the Ravens cut. Or they could stash, strangely enough, Adrian Peterson on their practice squad, theoretically. <laughs> Um, this year. So um, it'll be interesting to see what the practice squad looks like, especially because of their two call-ups. Yeah. So as much flexibility as the Ravens have with the practice squad, they have an unbelievable amount of flexibility with regard to who they put on it in terms of the veteran status, as you alluded to here. And they have an additional flexibility in terms of bringing up two guys from the practice squad to be active during the week. doesn't change your practice squad status. They're just active for game day. But they also did not change the practice squad from the standpoint of other teams can can take that player directly and add him to their roster for a minimum of three weeks. So uh, you're, you're still exposing that player to continuous waivers or continuous claim um, once you put him on the practice squad. So interesting idea about Adrian Peterson, though. That's, uh, that's a good one. 
Let me move us on well, here. To, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, there's going to be a there's there's a lot of guys. Peterson um, wouldn't be high on my list, but there are some other guys. Uh, Sean Davis, for example, was uh, released. Um, I'm a hard pass excellent. on him in our safety group. <laughs> okay, fair That's enough. What I, <laughs> well, one one area where they're not they decided to keep as many people as possible was the offensive line. So go ahead. Right, so we, we, maybe we hit on wide receiver first here. There's no surprises there, uh, at least in my mind. Some people had pegged uh, Julio Scott as a possible making of the roster. To me, it didn't make any sense, given he was entering year three, and that reduces his option value, of course. But beyond that, um, the Ravens don't need a red zone threat in the traditional kind of way that Joe Flacco or a lot of other NFL quarterbacks do to throw a fade route to, which would be something Scott would be good at, jump balls and whatnot. Most of the Ravens' red zone offense is predicated on Jackson making space and time with his legs and then getting a clean throwing lane, um, sometimes by arm angle as well, uh, to a receiver in the end zone. But he throws much more on a line in the red zone than any other quarterback. It's worth noting that the two wide receivers that were cut closest to cut day were Jaleel Scott as well as Jalen Moore, uh, the wide receiver out of Tennessee, Mark. So it's my belief that the ones that were cut closest to the deadline are the ones that are most likely going to end up being practice squad. people. Probably true. Yeah, probably uh, true. So Chris Moore did make it, and that's because of special teams. There you go. And he, he was a player... You know, some of the players that, that could have been uh, finagled off of the team temporarily with a wink-wink deal to come back, the veteran players, Moore and Levine, were two of the guys. Of course, Jarrell Adams is also a third. He could, mm-hmm. he could literally be have an agreement right now with the Ravens. He's going to get uh, you know, his salary guaranteed for the year. He's going to get whatever by being cut and then being re-signed. Um, if if he just agreed to be uh, you know caught here and not signed with someone else, he doesn't go through the mm-hmm. waiver process. So at least I don't think he does. He's in his he's in his fourth year. He's in his fifth year. Uh, fourth year. Okay. So, but he's an RFA, I believe, and I th- I believe he does not have to go through waivers. He was cut as a veteran, if I've seen the charts correctly. Right. So, there are four vested veterans that were cut. Uh, if I uh, go ahead of myself a little bit, but uh, mm-hmm. Gerald Adams, uh, Ken John Barner, Parker Edinger, and Jordan Richards. Uh, right. Perhaps the biggest surprise cut. Right. So Richards uh, is another guy that could have a wink, wink deal with already. They know they know somebody's going to IR, or maybe two players, or maybe three players in this case, between Hill, Skirl, Matabike, You know, several of the choices. And they may be bringing back, you know, more than one of those guys. I suspect a lot of the people's that people that were um, that are no longer Ravens today are going to be Ravens again in the near future. Just, <laughs> there you go. You need more than fifty-three guys. There you go. All right, we'll move on to the offensive line. Um, the Ravens. The big surprise in the offensive line to me is the Ravens really only have two tackles on their final roster in Stanley and Brown. And as much as I was unenthused about what Holden brought in terms of his history previously, uh, he's on the outside looking in right now. And he probably is a guy, given the tackle market and what we've seen players go for, um, that will get picked up. Uh, He's in his fourth season now. So he is still has to go through waivers, I believe, because he was an original draft pick and is not an RFA. 
Can you confirm that for me? Do you have a Did you have a list? That I has that? see three years accrued for Will Holden. That's that's correct. Three years previously, 2017 to 2019. He's yeah. a 2017 draftee, and so he should be he should be uh, uh, someone who he is has not to considered a vested veteran. Not considered a vested veteran. So, I think it, there's a good chance that that he'll stick around. Uh, pretty, I think there's a chance, but, but I would be more, I think it's more likely given the lack of tackle depth across the league and the COVID year that he's taken. The Ravens have obviously analyzed it. They've tried to think about who could possibly take him, but I think there's a chance Holden, Holden would be taken. It's, it's strange because this is the seventh team Holden has been cut by and the eighth time he's been cut in a four-year career. You know, well, not a four-year career. He's got he's got three years of of, mm-hmm. of total service, uh, and yet we're worried about him being <laughs> lost off the. Uh, oh, I'm worried anyway about uh, about him being lost after being cut. Well, journeyman players are a thing, and it's it's a tough life. But if you're willing to stick with it, you can scratch out a pretty uh, decent uh, career earnings out of it. Yeah, I feel you certainly. If you, you can become Anthony Levine, you really, you really get something out of that. That's that's uh, certainly true. Let's move on so, to guard. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You have yeah, something guard. Else? Yeah, I was actually I was going to say uh, uh, who who at guard are, are we going to see Fluker out of tackle? Are we going to see uh, uh, Phillips, even though he's a rookie out of tackle? But we do so, have four guards and three centers. Seven, pretty much all seven interior linemen made it. Yes. Seven interior linemen and two tackles. That's not exactly the, the the balanced kind of situation. But what we've heard today, and Zrebeck is usually has his hand on the pulse with this. Jeff was saying that that uh, Phillips, Tyree Phillips, is the probable starting right guard. I don't know. I will wait to see. You know, I, I Fluker obviously had a big camp. He had a great off season in terms of taking care of his body. I'm a little surprised by that. But the club may have gone to Fluker and said, hey, we need you more at tackle. We need you to focus on those reps in camp. It also may be a, a case of the last week that that Phillips has been getting a lot of the time at right guard to get him through the season in terms of snaps and being ready if anything happens to Fluker. Right. Now, I think it's it's still possible that Scora ends up being on IR for three weeks. Um, it sure seems like he's pretty healthy um, at the moment, but um, that could free up a roster spot. Yeah, so um, they, there's. I thought the whole the plan all along was to put Skur on IR. So that's mm-hmm. I, in in building my roster. That's kind of the way I I thought about it. You know, just seeing the braces he was still wearing, seeing the lack of of snaps he was getting towards the end of camp, is a little surprising that. Um, he made it, and they only kept nine offensive linemen. That's a little surprising because offensive linemen in the league, you're, if you subject them to waivers, you're just at risk in a COVID year where the street-level talent has already been depleted by a disproportionate number of the opt-outs for COVID being offensive or defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm, I was a little surprised by that. Uh. Well, I mean, aside from tackle, which they didn't have much depth to begin with, um, mm-hmm. they uh, they want to make sure that uh, nobody uh, snipes uh, uh, anyone, uh, considering all the opt-outs. That's that's my guess. 
Well, they, 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 it's a nine to take eight group now. Now, now this is an important distinction. Since it was, it was seven offensive linemen is the gold standard for all NFL teams to carry for a game in every previous year, for as long as I can remember. In fact, I've, I've referred to the Ravens as sometimes going with a walking wounded guy and really having six and a half offensive linemen for individual games in the past. But they've never really carried eight offensive linemen for a game that I can recall. They, you know, they'll have eight on the roster. They sometimes have nine on the roster, but they've, ne- but they've never had um, just seven on the roster. Or they've never, they've, you know, it's rare even that you have eight to eight offensive line on the roster where you, where you're dressing seven on game day. Now they've got nine to make eight. That's what okay. they have. They've left themselves. And that to me is a little surprising, particularly given the flexibility you have to deal with special teams players this year by bringing up two practice squad players every week. So if Skura goes to IR, then you're back to eight to make seven, at least for three weeks. Not nine to make eight. They'd be back nine to nine to make, to eight. make eight. Okay. So it you know okay. you, it allows you to stick one guy with a minor injury on there and and not be too worried about. It. I guess if he, if it becomes a major injury, you can always stick him to IR and and you know pick up somebody. But that's the whole problem is where from where do you pick up that person and you know can they help you? Okay. Yep. The, the, we'll go back for a second to guard because I thought that a lot of people had powers cut. Uh, yes, powers did make week. it. <clears throat> so Bozeman, Fluker, Phillips, Powers, all made it. Akari, Skura, Bredesen at center. Yeah, pretty pretty damn strong guard group. I, in my opinion, the, the four guys they have at guard, I think, are four potential NFL starters. Uh, obviously, two two have already got there. Phillips may be designated as the starter, and Powers. You know, it's it over the last two years. We, you know, last year and a little bit anyway. We've been worried. We've been wondering when he's finally going to get his chance. Um, but I think that's a pretty strong guard group. It is a deep group. The question will be, how good will the starters be compared to other NFL starters? Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, there's no Marshall Yonda there. Mm-mm. Let's move on to cornerback. Where the Ravens kept five players on the first defensive position. Averett, Humphrey, Peters, Smith, and Young. No surprises here by any stretch. Uh, Joss Nurse, I think, was probably the last cut. Uh, a guy who uh, is a very lean, tall, 6'3 corner. Uh, the Ravens probably like him as uh, fit their kind of aircraft carrier mold of, of corners on the outside. I think you're going to see good representation from the DB group on the practice squad. Uh, uh, Josh Nurse... Uh, is a very good candidate for them to retain, so so long as he clears. But mm-hmm. I think he will. Um, and Terrell Bonds is another person that doesn't have a whole lot accrued as of yet that they can uh, that they can get on there. Um, hey. Yeah, uh, Bonds is excellent. Dorsey. Forgot to mention Khalil Dorsey. He's a key because he is a slot corner. Okay, I was going to say that about Bonds. Bonds is really a slot corner and, and would be the guy I thought would be up after Tavon if they didn't want to mess with the outside corners the way they did last year. Now, they yeah, may be willing Bonds, to do it. Both of them play slot. That is correct. Um, so, uh, safety. Take us um, on. Nigel Warrior did not make it. He was uh, one of the... Um, uh, best guesses to keep the streak alive for UDFAs making the team. So instead, we have Clark, Elliot, Levine, Stone. Clark, Elliot, Levine, Stone. That's it. Yeah. 
Yeah. So a very, very tight group of, of nine defensive backs. And the Ravens have occasionally carried 11 defensive backs. They may have even carried 12 one year, but they've definitely carried 11. Uh, and, and with a very heavy special teams pr- uh, presence coming from those groups. But they didn't do it this year. Uh, again, they've got some flexibility in the roster to bring guys up. But the Warrior uh, cut is the one that worries me most of all the guys. I think not only could he be, is he likely to be selected, but I'm afraid the Cleveland Browns might be the team to do it. The Browns just traded for Ronnie Harrison not that long ago, so that might um, get them to not claim Warrior, but we'll see. Uh, he's a guy that I could imagine another team uh, claiming because he made some uh, actual like statistical plays in camp Mm-hmm. And all you need to do is is uh, get your name out there and, and other teams. Oh, who's that guy? Oh, right, that's the guy from uh, Tennessee. Yeah, and he so. had a, he had a hell of an SEC career. Even though I think he moved to moved to safety fairly late, but but uh, you know, fine SEC SEC career. Four interceptions as a senior, and uh, yeah, I, I, I could easily see it. Grant Delpit is hurt, so even with the acquisition. The Browns may still feel light at the position. I think Delpit's lost for the season, too. I don't think he's coming back. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty big loss for them. Uh, we'll move on. Inside linebacker, you know, the, there were four that I thought were fairly sure. Board, Ford, Harrison, Queen. They all made it. The, the big surprise, Ataro Alaka makes mm-hmm. the squad. And, and a guy that I don't feel like the Ravens needed to put on the roster to have a very good chance to keep him. He might be the biggest surprise in, in so far as he is the fifth inside linebacker uh, mm-hmm. to make the team. Um, special teams. Um, I, I think that's the, the big thing there. Um, they'll probably have one of the two inact. Probably Alaka would be one of the inactives, and Board would be taking all the special team snaps. But um, linebackers are one of the positions. Uh, that work, tend to work pretty well on special teams units. Yeah, good good kick coverage players. You, you certainly, a lot of teams will crave linebackers. It's not a youth move, so it's a pure special teams move. And the reason I say it's not a youth move is they just spent a first and a third round draft pick on right. Queen and Harrison. So you're not trying to get younger at that position. Board is a third-year player. He'd be young for a lot of teams, but he's not young for the Ravens. You know, he's 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 gone after next year, frankly. And Alaka, you know, a similar uh, uh, player who's in, I believe he actually did accrue a year of service time. So this is his second year. So it's not like he has a full set of options remaining in terms of of uh, cheap play. So anyway, I found that to be a surprising move. On top of that, one of the last cuts that the Ravens made was inside linebacker Christian Welch out yes. of Iowa. So they are really, it, it seems like, Positions coming into the offseason that we were thinking the Ravens needed to address inside linebacker and interior offensive line, they just swamped those positions <laughs> with, with players. And um, we'll see who shakes out, I suppose. Welch is supposed to be a good special teams asset. So I, I would be very surprised if he doesn't make the practice squad. And I would not be surprised at all if he's an elevated player from week to week. Uh, which may mean that a player like Alaka is active as well, but but Christian Welch could certainly be an activated uh, practice squad player at some point this year just to get uh, extra special teams body on the field. 
He's somebody that also knows J.K. Dobbins very well. There you go. Big Ten roots. Outside linebacker, no surprises at all. Basically the same five guys as last year for one game, the Seattle game. Actually, one quarter of the Seattle game, I believe. Bowser, Ferguson, Judon, McPhee, and Ward are all together again. Uh, we don't need to, I think, say anything more about that other than the Ravens had Ward as a defensive interior, a defensive lineman for some reason. And uh, Okay. It's a, it's a little surprising, but it, it's, uh, it really is five outside linebackers they had. Ward, it doesn't really matter in the long run. It, it doesn't matter. You're right. But, uh, but they wouldn't have Ward ever playing on the inside on a, on, a, on a down where they thought the opponent might be running. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, maybe in quarters, but yeah. Um, yeah. Looking forward to uh, Bowser has been very uh, impressive in camp. So we just move on and, and you can cover those in uh, week one analysis. There you go. So uh, defensive line, it, it, this, is, this is where I think the Ravens really did use that tight end position. Could have done the same thing at quarterback. Could have done the same thing some other places with a, with a, a, veteran, a veteran cut, like maybe a Levine. But they did put six defensive linemen on the roster. They also have Ricard. They also have Ward. Mm-hmm. I want to make that exclusion again. But they have six guys who are pure offensive linemen. Campbell, Ellis, Matabike. Washington, Williams, and Wolf, Matabike nursing some sort of a week-to-week undisclosed injury. That certainly sounds like a pretty good chance for a three-week IR. It does, yes. And Broderick Washington's the one guy on the team that the Ravens, it really seems like they're higher than, than, than we are on this guy. They see something we don't about this guy, but he made it. Um, chances are he was going to make it as, as a fifth-round pick. Um, but, um, they're looking, they're looking fine on the, on the defensive line. I should say <clears throat> that among the last cuts, they had, they had a lot of undrafted free agent types, uh, at edge mm-hmm. and, um, three guys to highlight because they were among the last cuts, Aaron Adeoye, um, out of, uh, uh Southeast Missouri state. Um, he, uh, he, Play, he has played professionally uh, in other leagues, um, and they signed. How, how him old is he now? Uh, I think he's twenty-seven, but he only has one year accrued in the in the NFL. Um, but I think they got him from the AAF, uh, gotcha. the Birmingham Iron. Um, but he's worth he's worth uh, uh, keeping an eye on if if he's retained. And then Chauncey Rivers uh, from Mississippi State. The uh, UDFA, as well as Marcus Willoughby from Elon. Uh, both of them are you know, 6'2", 6'3", about 260. So they lasted longer than uh, John Daka, who it was uh, kind of like a, a tiny little guy. Um, I think that's going to be your demarcation. I think they're going to try and get Rivers and Willoughby on the practice squad. Pretty good chance. There's certainly room for two outside linebackers on a, in a group like that. You have Pernell McPhee at the position who's an injury risk. Um, makes all kinds of sense. I wish there was a true Sam in that group, but I don't think there is in all likelihood. Um, so we'll see how this goes. It sound like it sound like some rush prospects to me. Mm. Uh, and that leaves the Wolfpack. No surprises again there. Yeah, there you go. So 
you know, going into this, I guess we, there will be additional manipulation. I believe the Ravens will have that third tight end by the time they play week one. They may. The second possibility is they'll they'll go without one for week one and pick one up for week two, so they don't have to commit to a veteran's full year salary. So that's tight end and offensive tackle are the only two positions I see right now that uh, are potential holes, and that's tight end three and and backup tackle. Okay, and I would I, the 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 other I would add is I think they're a defensive back short of a full load. They've got some versatility there with Jimmy Smith, you know, with with what Levine has done over the years. He at this point he's really just a dime back. I I like the versatility. The other three young safeties, but that's a that's a lot of load to put on those three guys. If they're the only three you really trust to, to, to be able to, to switch out at those three spots. So I think there's a good chance. They, they have Jimmy Smith, of course. They're, they're, they're talking like he can play safety, but I think they're really a defensive back short at this point. And uh, you is mentioned us. Brandon Carr still a phone call away? Uh, you know, that could be the answer. He could be the answer. But I thought he actually might have gotten signed. Even if he yeah. didn't, I'd rather have it be one of the young guys. I like – Maybe Josh Nurse being the guy if they need a corner, or Warrior if they can get him back being the safety. Right, Terrell Bonds, Khalil Dorsey, all those guys. There's there's going to be there's going to be a number of, of DBs uh, to choose from. Can't have enough of them. There you go. They'll help you on special teams as well. well. Anyway, Jason, thanks so much for joining us again. We'll make this a short episode here. People will be more likely to listen to it then when we do it. And of course, we've been talking roster about the last five days. It seems like to me. Uh, really appreciate you coming on. Appreciate all your thoughts. You've obviously been carefully plugged into this today as these cuts have been happening. Uh, I I like the fringe guys. You know, you you root for the fringe guys, the UDFA types, and, and people that that really scratch and claw and aren't aren't given the uh, uh, you know the first round status and such like that. It's it's fun to uh, follow these guys. Well, there you go. Uh, now, tell, tell folks where they can find you online. A lot of people I know want to talk football with you. Where can they find you easily? Uh, well, on the RSR board, I am known as WNC Ravens fan. Uh, and I am also plugged into uh, uh, Skype and Slack and uh, Discord. And what else do we have? We have, we have a lot of things. Instagram. <laughs> I do not have Instagram. I do not have Snapchat. Um, and I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> All right. Uh, I can be reached. I'm not on any I can of these be reached things. by a number. Yes, yeah, there's, there's a new one every year. Um, I am efforting to get a, uh, a Twitter account started. So hopefully the next time you hear from me, I will have one for you. Okay, very good. We'll look forward to you there. That's uh, it's good football discussion. I'll make sure I, I, I post your... Uh, your tag when you uh, when you get on there, your name, so people can give you a follow. Appreciate having you on. Uh, if you're interested in doing a film study short with me, give me three bullet points. Direct uh, message by Twitter is usually the best way. Focus topics and timely topics. Get on first, and I do a ton of these. I'm really loving all the people I'm meeting, so I'd like to meet you. Uh, let's make it happen. Anyway, thanks again, Jason, for joining us. Thank and you. We'll talk We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans.
Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com. When you rely on the internet for everything, you need speed that can handle anything. And now Xfinity delivers Wi-Fi speed faster than a gig. Check out our amazing offers on internet and learn about the latest breakthrough from Xfinity. Wi-Fi speed faster than a gig. That's more than enough speed to power all your devices and then some. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Gig Wi-Fi requires gig speed and compatible X5 gateway. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch, now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture, and when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space, just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.